Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And today we are going to have a different kind of episode. It is our intermission or interlude episode between seasons one and two. Um, and we're just going to do a recap and some general overview thoughts and feelings um, about the season that we've just finished up watching and going into the next season. Uh, so Jamie, I've got a couple of things to ask you. Obviously, this is your first time ever having completed a full season of Supernatural, so... It's very exciting. I feel like we need, like, you know, like the, yay, like the children <laughs> cheering, like, sound effect in there. Yeah. We'll I don't think some, we can like, afford to fireworks. license it. <laughs> um, so, first up, I just wanted to um, ask you what you thought of the season as a whole. I know that we get you to rate the episodes out of five after the end of every episode, but now you've seen the full first season, how would you rate it overall? Give us some reasons, things you liked, things you didn't like. Just in general, I guess, rather than specifically episode by episode. Okay, so that was a lot of questions. Yes, sorry, it was like six questions in one. I'm excited, okay? You're excited. Oh, wow. That is a lot of pressure for <laughs> a review of a season that I've watched once um, and I'm never going to watch again. <laughs> I was a little underwhelmed. Like, okay. this is a TV show with, like, a cult following. Yeah. Like, it has a reputation for being, like, the most intense fandom in the history of fandoms. Yeah. Like, I was really expecting something that was, like, you know, I was, like, glued to my seat. Like, you know how sometimes, like, you watch a TV show, you're like, oh, I want to sit here and watch, like, every single episode. Yeah. And just, like, never stop. Like, I want to I want to see it all. Like, you get sucked in. You get sucked yeah. in. I didn't really get that. I don't know if that was your experience the first time you watched it. The but... first time I watched Supernatural, I binged seasons one through nine in the span of, like, a month. So, like, yeah, you I got sort of speed, you like... I speed ran it. Yeah. Um, and I also watched it, like, over, I think, the school summer holidays. So I just had, like, oodles of time to just, like, hang out in bed on a 45-degree day and just watch episodes back to back to back to back to back, which is uh, not the experience that you've had, so. No, but even then, like, I've never, like, never watched an episode and then thought to myself, like, ooh, I really wish I could watch, like, the next episode, but, like, I'm not allowed to because I have to record the podcast between episodes, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So I was definitely expecting something that was a little more, like, addictive Mm. because, like, I don't know what it is about this show that is, like, driving people bananas, you know what I mean? I think it's the, like, trauma. (laughs) I think it's it's people relating to the trauma. You just don't have enough trauma to relate. (laughs) Um, I said like it's a bad thing. Like, Jesus yeah. <laughs> Christ, look at what this show has done to me. Okay, cool. So did you have anything else, like, in general about the season? Like, any overall thoughts? The lighting needs to be better. So the way this entire season is lit, and I understand they're trying to go for, like, dark Grunge. and grungy and, like, sort of film noir-esque and urban and all those sort of, you know, industrial adjectives. Yeah. But... I think a lot of, like, the time and effort and care they've put into the sets are just sort of, like, underutilised because you can't see the sets because there is no lighting. And even when there is lighting, even when it's meant to be, like, bright middle of the day, instead of taking advantage of the fact that it's, like, such a direct contrast to the rest of the season, which is kind of, like, you know, at night and dark mm-hmm. and, like, with a layer of grime over it, it has this weird, weird like, desaturated filter on it that's like upping the contrast and like reducing the saturation instead of it being quite a dramatic contrast between like the you know dark underbelly and like the sort of 
projection masquerading mm. as you know bright and sunny and happy it just looks like they've put the same filters over On all of it yeah and it doesn't really provide what i think would have been a really interesting contrast to make some really conscious choices of like what scenes should be like bright and airy looking and mm-hmm. provide like this false sense of security almost mm. versus like the rest of the season that's like covered in mud yeah you know that's really that's really um, interesting way to look at it. So, all right, cool. So basically just, like, the lighting is, like, shit, yeah. which is a, uh, an opinion you've carried very strongly the whole way through. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the sound cues were also a bit, like, eh, dodgy, mm-hmm. but they were, like, consistently dodgy all the way through. There it was, were, like, like, some standout moments. There was some standout, but mainly when they're fighting. I've just noticed that, like, anytime they're in, like, a fist fight, like, mm. all of the times that I could think, like, oh, wow, like, that sound design was terrible. For some reason, it's the fist fights. Yeah. They go way too heavy-handed on the sound effects, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, doesn't really work. Um, that's fair enough. The next thing I wanted to ask you is, I know that probably what I remember is like your favorite episode throughout the season was probably Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Although I do think you actually rated um, Phantom Traveler higher than Bloody Mary. Phantom Traveler, but also not Devil's Trap. Um, Salvation. I think you also um, rated Salvation higher than Bloody Mary. Yeah, because um, um, I think you gave that. A, I think you gave both of those a four. But just I think in... I dropped the score of Bloody Mary for the lighting. Yeah. So while I enjoyed like everything else about the episode quite a bit, and it would probably be one of my favorite episodes, mm. like I think I actually dropped the score down because I didn't like the lighting. If I remember that yeah. episode correctly. Um, what I wanted to ask though is like overall, what do you think your favorite episode was? What do you think your least favorite episode was? Okay, so actually. Going into this, I made the list. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so my favourite episodes were Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. Hell House, and Asylum. Were yep. probably my top three episodes of They're the season. They're pretty strong episodes. Yeah. Um, I would say. I also loved anything with Meg in it, anything with the Missouri in it. Yeah. And just specifically the scenes in Route 666 with Cassie. Nothing else in that episode, <laughs> just the ones with Cassie in it. Like, yeah. don't get me twisted, because overall Route 666 was one of my least favourite episodes. But just like specifically Cassie, Cassie she's she's the so same as on Providence. I quite Love Sarah. Just the scenes with Sarah and everything else can go, but Sarah. Yeah. All right. Cool. That runs really well into my next question, which is at the start of the show, um, I asked you in the first couple of episodes. I asked you a couple of times what your opinions on Sam were, what your opinions on Dean were, um, and I guess I'm kind of wondering at this point, having watched the full season. Yeah. How are you feeling about our two protagonists? And also, how are you feeling? Obviously, we know which side characters you love, because yeah. um, you just listed them very uh, emphatically. But Meg, Missouri, Cassie, yeah. Sarah. Beautiful. How are you feeling about our main protagonists? And, you know, which characters are you hoping you'll see more of? What um, are you expecting to find out about these characters? I don't know. Any thoughts that you have? I'm just interested to see where you're at. Okay, I'm going to start with John. Okay. I'm the number one member, maybe even the captain of, like, the John Murder Squad. Okay. <laughs> he yeah. can die. That's my professional opinion. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it now, and it's maybe a controversial opinion, but I still hate Sam's hair. I don't like <laughs> it. I don't know what it is. No offense to Jared Padalecki, but, like, I don't like his hair. Yeah. I, not my taste. I don't like it. All right. We'll no track thanks. the evolution of Sam's hair through the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't put it up in a ponytail, which is just, like, unrealistic it's a crime on so many levels. I think... You've talked a lot about, like, the rage simmering directly beneath the surface with Sam. Mm -hmm. I don't really see that at this point. Like, there's, like, a little bit, but it doesn't seem, like, overwhelming. Like, 
obviously that's probably something that's going to be more relevant moving forward. But the fact that he wouldn't shoot his father to kill the demon sort of, like, is another thing that I was a bit like, oh, well, if he was really that angry, he would have just, like... Knowing that John was literally laying there begging him to be murdered, yeah. you would have thought that if the rage was really that overwhelming, he would have done it. For me, I don't really see the rage all that much. He's just sort of like a... I don't know, like, I I don't have, like, a strong characterization for him in my head yet. For Sam? Yeah, for Sam. I, I don't know what it is. It's like, okay, I've watched 22 episodes of this character. I still couldn't tell you who he is on a fundamental level. You know what I mean? Like, some characters you watch and you're like, I understand you immediately. Like, you could give me a scenario with this character and I could tell you exactly what they would do. Yeah. I think Sam's a little more unpredictable than I sort of realised that he was going to be based on what I... Assumed. Assumed and what I'd heard previously in the fandom. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he has a lot of chaotic energy, which I didn't realise. Yeah. Is... I mean, it's a choice and I, I quite like it as a choice, but it does make it harder for me to understand him as a character. Yeah, like some of his motivations? Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, he, like, he he has pretty consistent motivations throughout, but just the way he acts on his motivations, yeah. chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> unhinged. Like, he has the same goal throughout, which yeah. is, you know, avenge Mary and Jess, but the way that is revealed is very chaotic yeah. and very unpredictable, and some episodes it sort of emerges as this, like, oh, no, we've got to find Dad because Dad will help me kill this thing, and then other episodes it's, like, oh, no, I've just got to find and kill this thing. And, like, it's yeah. sort of, like, the way it's framed is not flip-floppy, but it's... Inconsistent. Inconsistent, and it gives this real sense of this character has this goal, but he just doesn't know how to achieve that goal. Yeah. And so he's just sort of, like, clutching to anything that he can clutch to to try and achieve this goal, but also at the end of the day, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what he's doing episode to episode is shifting significantly. Kind of unpredictable based on what he's feeling in that moment. Like, he's a lot more volatile emotionally than, like, Dean. Yeah. And I think that maybe where, like, for me, I see some of the, like, I don't know, the, like, anger in him. Because, like, it is, like, when you're angry, like, you're likely to make those, like, snap decisions and, like, be more volatile is a really good word. You know, but I can understand, like, you're not quite seeing that in the same way. Because, like, obviously I've seen more of the character, yeah. like, a vast majority more and so I understand almost 14 seasons worth yeah <laughs> well yeah so yeah no that's really interesting um I'm interested to see how that like progresses what about um Dean okay so moving on to Dean I think Dean's definitely more predictable as a character is sort of really interesting though because the dynamic they've tried to go for is like you know Sam's the studious one he's like academic he's smart mm -hmm. he's like he was all put together. He had his perfect life at Stanford. You know, yeah. he was about to propose. Like, he had his girlfriend. Like, he, you know, all like of white this. White picket fence kind of life. White picket fence sort of life. And he's just, like, unpredictable as hell. And then you've got Dean, who they've tried to do, like, the devil may care. Like, sort of flighty. Doesn't really have a home. Like, yeah. here, there, everywhere. But at the end of the day, he's a stable character. Yeah. He's the only stability for the entire season. Mm. You know, while you've got Sam, who's, like, actually personality-wise, quite chaotic, quite flighty, quite, you know, episode to episode, he can shift vastly yeah. in terms of 
who he is as a person yeah. and what he is willing to do and what he is not willing to do mm-hmm. based on the situation. And he's very reactive that way. Dean is not. Dean, throughout the entire first season, has this really, like, this core of, like, emotional insecurity yeah. and, like, desperation for his family back. And, like, that is his driving motivation behind everything. everything. And it means that when Dean makes decisions, they're quite predictable. Hmm. Like, I think Dean as a character is far easier to understand hmm. and far easier to predict what Dean would do in any given situation just because he is so consistent. Yeah. And I think that may... I may be going too deep with the character analysis <laughs> here, but I think you're going to really enjoy this as an insight into how I think Dean works. Yeah. Because he was forced from such a young age to be the stability for Sam, Yeah, he cannot get out of that. He has to be stable for Sam, and he has been forced to be stable for the last 20-odd years. Yeah. So he is terrified of not being a solid base for Sam. So he's terrified of doing anything that's different. I think that's really interesting. I think you're right in the sense of where, like, it's funny because they do sort of paint Dean as this, like, outgoing, flighty, no home. Like, he's sort of here, there, and everywhere. He's always on the move. He's never had, like... The the outer projection is that Dean kind of enjoys the lifestyle of hunting, whereas Sam openly tried to reject it. Yeah. But... When you actually think about it for more than a minute, it's kind of the opposite is true. Like, Sam's personality kind of really suits hunting in the sense that he is a bit more chaotic and, like, volatile and those sorts of things. Whereas Dean, like, sort of craves the stability that would come with the kind of life Sam was trying to build for himself. And it's it's very fascinating um, as a difference between the two characters. And you're right, I think part of it does come from uh, Dean sort of being forced into that caretaker role. And it is definitely something that they grapple with in future seasons and even really getting into later later seasons is that sort of child-parent but also siblings dynamic that they have, which I think really uh, contributes to the codependency that we see. Mm. Um, you know, like... Didn't listen to my PSA. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, Dean can't let go of Sam because that's his child um, in the same way that Sam can't let go of Dean because that's his mum. But they also can't let go of each other as siblings because it's always been them against John, them against the world. And so I think it's a really interesting point about both characters that you've made, actually. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about any other characters or that you haven't mentioned yet about Sam and Dean? Or are you happy to keep on going? I'm just going to say it here again because I think it needs to be said. Yeah. I love Meg Missouri, Sarah (laughs) and Cassie. Yeah. What a team. All right, cool. Having just watched the season one finale, do you have any predictions? I mean, you did sort of talk about in the finale episode about where you think the overall plot is going and some of your predictions, but do you have anything that you want to talk about overall that you think is going to happen or anything that you'd like to see in season two? What I really want to see in season two is they're all dead now. They died in the (laughs) car crash. The show now exclusively follows Bobby, Missouri and (laughs) Dead. And it's just a fun time all all round. Yeah, so it's like a buddy cop. It's like a buddy cop. (laughs) They're trying to trace down Meg, work out what's happened, you know. No, in all honesty, they're going to survive. There's another 14 seasons. But I definitely think they're going to, like, they're not going to be able to kill the demon. If they were going to be able to kill the demon, they would have done it in the finale. Like, it's not, that's the sort of thing that you do in a finale. Yeah. Like, they're not going to waste the potential of this villain 
I do think it is something to do with the apocalypse, the end of days, mm-hmm. etc. I also have a theory about who the villain actually is. Oh, okay. Which I didn't share in the last episode. This may be completely wrong. That's okay, that's kind and of the point. And you may laugh at me, but I think they're building to like a Christian theological sort of end of worlds thing in which hell rises up. So I think the main demon may be some form of like the devil or Satan or Lucifer or some sort of... I know Lucifer is an actual character in this show. Yeah. And I know that there is an actor who plays Lucifer, generally speaking. And, like, I don't know if Lucifer and the devil are several things, but I do think it's, like, Satan. You know, I think it's, like, some form of leader of hell who's trying to bring about, like, hell on earth. Okay. That's, like, a fair prediction. Obviously, I'm not going to indicate if, like, I can avoid it, like, either whether you're right or wrong or, like, partially right or partially wrong kind of thing. But it is cool to, like, see where your head's at going into season two. And I wonder if anyone, if anyone is listening who hasn't watched the show before, like, maybe if they're thinking along the same lines as you or if they're thinking of something completely different. Obviously, if you do want to, like, comment on anything that you think, you know, you might be thinking watching it for the first time or anything you want to add on to, like, the thoughts that Jamie's just, like, outlined, feel free to interact with us over on Twitter with Jamie at DriverPicksPod or over with me on Tumblr on DriverPicksThePodcast, and we'd be more than happy to have a chat with anyone who was interested in um, how the show is going, moving into the second season. What were your predictions at this point as well? Like, Do you know what's funny? Am I alone in predicting the apocalypse end of days? I It's hard for me to say because I went into the show, like a friend from high school got me into it, and she had already seen through seasons like six and seven, I think. So like... Actually, I think she was watching season eight when I started watching season one and she kind of introduced me to, and I got spoiled for a lot of what happens in these first few seasons. So for me, it was kind of, I went in mostly kind of knowing how it all went down. I don't remember. I mean, I was also like 15, so it's been a while. I don't remember specifically what I thought, but I also knew, and I mean, as you also know, like I knew that angels came into it. I knew about Cass, like... It's a bit it's like how for... I know a bunch of spoilers about season 15. Yeah, it's so... kind of hard for me to say, like, oh, this is what I was thinking at the time because I had so many outside influences, whereas you kind of, like, have tried to avoid it as much as possible, so it's a little different. Yeah, no, I unfortunately, I wish I could say, oh, I thought this was going to happen, but I just, like, I couldn't tell you, in all honesty. And also, like I said, I binge-watched it, like, all in, like, a month, so I didn't really, like, give myself the opportunity to, like, think about, hmm, I don't know what's coming next. I just watched the next episode and found out. (laughs) That was sort of my experience, which is uh, very different to yours. Yeah. So, yeah, I think with, like, the whole psychic children thing, they're trying to set up, like, some sort of soldiers in, like, specific positions so that they can win when there is the ultimate. rises up. Hell rises up and fights heaven and blah, 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 and tries to end the world, etc. That is definitely a very cool uh, prediction. Whether or not it happens, you'll have to wait and see. This yeah, is making me so mad not knowing. <laughs> it's a very cool, It's regardless, it's a very cool thought. Like, if that's what they end up doing, or if not, like, it is a cool prediction. Sort of along the same wavelength, but slightly different. Is there anything that you're really hoping that they explore in Season 2? Any particular, maybe, like, mythology or any plot lines that you're hoping... Um, or characters that you hope return. Obviously, you know, you've listed the characters that you love and adore. But, you know, is there anything that you're hoping to get out of season two in terms of, like, you know, the mythology or the characters, rather than just the plot? I'm kind of interested to see where the lore goes Mm. and what they sort of do in terms of, like, 
expanding the world. I don't agree with every decision they've made in terms of setting up the universe. Yeah. But I do think they have done some really interesting things in regards to specific, like, myths and that. So I'd be really interested to see where they go from here yeah. in terms of, like, what they actually do and, like, how they expand the lore of demons. Because obviously, like, the last episode, they expanded the lore of demons again. Yeah. Because you're introduced in Phantom Traveler and they just sort of go, like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they possess people. They're most vulnerable when they're out of the body. Yeah. Use holy you know, water. Holy water. Christo. Christo, sorry. That's Christ in Latin. <laughs> For those of you who didn't know. know. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting to see how they're expanding on that and, like, having, you know, some demons that are more powerful than others mm-hmm. and how, like, they also, even in, like, Phantom Traveler, they set it up really early that there are different types of demons and, like, each culture has, like, different myths regarding demons and, like, they are all slightly different and they will react to different things and, like, exorcisms and the way they sort of use and then abandon humans in terms of when they possess them. Yeah. And so I think it is going to be interesting moving forward to see how they continue to expand on that mythology because, obviously, like, they are exploring demons. Yeah. Like, whether the main big bad villain is an actual demon or not hasn't been confirmed yet for me at this point of the series but they still have a bunch of demon underlings working for them which like one of the reasons why i think it's like the devil or satan or something along those lines is because he actually does refer to meg and the other random demon that they kill as his children yeah yeah and he says you killed my children like meg was my daughter that was that was my son yeah so I was trying to think of it, like, from that sort of framework. And for me, it was like, I figured most demons sort of are actually children of God. They were angels then fell. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what they're doing with the law in this television show. Cinematic <laughs> experience. Oh, an experience. That's a good way to describe supernatural. <sighs> it's an experience. Um, Not always un- a good one. Unlike any other. <laughs> I think it will be really interesting moving forward to see that because yeah again i sort of i would assume that he was god but i know he is not god because chuck is god um <laughs> spoilers spoilers <laughs> i haven't met chuck yet i'm assuming that's not chuck because i've seen <laughs> images of the actor who plays chuck and that is not chuck yeah no so then i was thinking maybe it's like the devil maybe it's satan because yeah. like okay he's not their technical father but maybe he's like an adoptive father you know yeah all things thematically e- <laughs> all things equal and considered like that's sort of how I would describe their relationship. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, so the mythology and the lore, I'm ex- excited to see moving forward. I would say I'd be excited to see how they deal with Striggers, but Striggers <laughs> are not fucking witches. I'm very excited to see how they move forward with the same psychic plotline. Mm. And uh, you said they introduce actual witches at some point. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that as well. Yeah. Cool. I thought it would also be fun as just like a last little bit. I know coming up to the series finale, a lot of people kind of, to make themselves feel better about the fact that it was all ending and, like, obviously when a show like this comes to an end, everyone's sort of, like, anxious about are they going to do it justice and are we going to like the ending? Uh, A lot of people, to make themselves feel better, I saw, did sort of, like, they wrote out what their worst-case scenario would be and it was sort of was, like, the most ridiculous worst-case scenario and then they could sort of say to themselves, well, at least they'd never do this. 
And unfortunately, some of them really do read like the series finale. Like you read it and you're like, wow, why are they just recapping the finale? And then you see the date of the post and you're like, oh shit. But I thought it would be fun for you to go through what do you think would be the worst possible thing they could do with these plot lines? Like going into season two, what would be your worst case scenario of the psychic Sam plot line? Do you think, or like the the psychic children plot line or, you know, what's the worst possible thing that could happen, you know, as a result of this car accident? Like, what would you least like them to do? I don't have like a, like a cohesive, like this is the worst plot line that could ever occur. <laughs> yeah. But there are certain elements that I don't want to see because I don't think that they would be something that would be interesting to watch. Yeah. So I don't want the psychic children to be a red herring. I think that needs to be a plot line that they need to continue on. Yeah. They can't just dismiss it. If they just sort of like act like that wasn't a thing and they just go, oh, well, it's the apocalypse now. Like all of those children that were like, you know, had their mothers burnt on the ceiling. Yeah. Like that's just not something we care about now. Like they were not really there for any reason. They were just there because like chaos reasons, you know? Yeah. Like I think going forward in the plot line, they need to have a significant impact on the plot. Sure. So I don't want it just to be like swept under the rug. Like yeah. they've spent too long in this season hyping it up and building it up. Like entire episodes dedicated to this fucking shit. Yeah. If they were to just sweep it under the rug, I'd be mad. Yeah. I don't want John Winchester to have some sort of magical, like, redemption. Oh, well, actually, everything he did was, like, totally cool and fine because, actually, like, it was worth it in the end because they saved the world. You don't want him to be given, like, a Snape moment. Yeah. Where everyone was like, oh, but, like, you know, he had this one redeeming thing, so, so we forgive everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would be really mad if they just, like, sweep everything he did under the rug. Yeah. And sort of were like, oh, well... He was an abusive asshole to his children, but like it's fine because at the end of the day, him being an abusive asshole to his children meant that they saved the world. Yeah. Like I think that would be Reductive. a disservice to yeah. his complexities as a character, mm-hmm. and I think it would be a disservice to the complexity they had built into the storyline going forward. Of he's not a great person, but he's also not the worst person. Like. He is bad, but he's not, like, objectively the worst. He's done good things, but he can't be objectively described as a good person slash father. Yes. Like, yeah, his good deeds don't necessarily outweigh his transgressions. Yeah. So that's another one. I also don't want it to be... I want the cult to actually play a purpose. Mm -hmm. Because they have built this fucking magical weapon up so goddamn much. (laughs) Yeah. They've got the little montage. They've got the little montage. (laughs) They fucking shoved it into, like, the second last episode, like, third to last episode. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, here's this magical gun that will fix everything. We've been counting down the bullets, bullets as they've been used. Is, yeah. I want that last bullet to be used. Meaningfully. For, meaningfully and for a purpose. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just used on some random, random demon. Yeah. Like, that bullet better have a significant impact because otherwise, why the fuck are you pushing this storyline in my face? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to tack on the end there? Or are you happy with that? Oh, another worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. The lighting somehow gets darker. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair. <laughs> okay. And I just, I want them to continue with like the individual episode contained plot. 
I don't want it to be like the monster of the week format completely abandoned in favor of like the, the overarching plot. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that I actually did like, and if you look at like my choice of favorite episodes, which I listed out before, yeah, they are all individual Singular. standalone episodes, which while they may contribute to the overarching plot, are not overarching plot focused. Yeah. They're generally referred to as like filler episodes mm. because it's like... You're... I fucking love filler episodes. So do What's I. wrong with filler episodes? Yeah. I honestly think that the only time when I don't like them is when I feel like they're poorly placed in the season. Like sometimes you might have like a really intense episode that really affects the overarching plot and then like the next episode they're like well we can't really do any more about that anyway here's this normal hunt and then like the episode after it's like back to being super intense and it just feels like kind of a weird lull but yeah in most cases the filler episodes are sometimes the best ones yeah you get to delve really intensely into like one area for 40 minutes rather than sort of vaguely interacting with something over the course of a series or a season yeah and I just really hope that if they are building to the apocalypse, yeah, it is not like an underwhelming apocalypse. You know what I mean? You have spent an entire season hyping it up and assuming what I know about the Kripke era, like it's pretty well like one sort of solid plot line heading. It's pretty cohesive. Most of the way through. I'm hoping that if you're going to build it up for another two to three seasons. It's worth it. It is fucking worth it. Yeah, like, you want to have the payoff. I do not want to be underwhelmed by the apocalypse. Yeah. That is assuming it is the apocalypse. Whatever they are building to, better fucking be worth it. Yeah, better payoff. Better payoff. I don't want something... Like, they've built up the stakes so much. I want the stakes to actually reflect Mean that, something. Not, like, you know, sometimes, like, you have a show and they build something up and they build something up and they build something up. And then it's like, oh, well, that was not... Nearly as impactful Impactful. as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, I think that's my worst case scenarios. Cool. And I realize I cut you off before and I didn't actually let you list your least favorite episode. So maybe we'll pop this into the end of your worst case scenario. What from season one were your least favorite episodes? Okay, so we got the pilot, Mm -hmm. Wendigo, Mm -hmm. and they are in least favorite episodes for similar reasons. Yeah. Specifically, exposition. They were quite exposition heavy. And I think it's just because they're the first two episodes of the season. Yeah. They were trying to establish the world and they did a little too hard mm-hmm. to the point where it sort of annoyed me. Yeah. And then Bugs are Route 66, which are, as far as I can tell, like not generally well liked by the fandom. Yeah. But they just felt kind of like heavy handed on like the way they dealt with some sensitive issues. Yeah. And I was just like, uh Yeah. And like you could have done general that kind of poorly written yeah. and poorly executed as well. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about, either about season one in general or going into season two? I wanted to ask you a question before we wrap up today. Oh, okay, yeah. Flip the script on me, why don't you? Flip the script. Reflecting back on a season of our podcast, Yeah. what do you really enjoy about our podcast and what do you wish oh, we'd done differently? That's a really good question. I, for the most part, have really, really enjoyed going through and like getting to chat with you in depth about this stuff because in the past it's just been me kind of blabbering at you and you kind of going "Uh uh uh-huh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh as you try and uh, divert the topic of conversation so it's definitely been fun for me to like get your opinions on stuff and also like because we have very different views on media and like we look for very different things in our media so it's been really fun to like hear 
your opinions on things like the lighting, which I've always kind of been like, I mean, it's not great, but like, it's not why I watch the show, so I don't care. Or like music cues, which I'm like, again, I don't care. Like, I literally never noticed them before. And now I pay attention to them and I'm like, fuck, she's right. (laughs) You know, these kinds of things. Or like plot inconsistencies, like the bigger ones I always notice, but like bits like the Striga being a vampire, not a witch never fucking occurred to me but now like you've pointed it out I'm like oh god damn it like I'm never gonna be able to not think about that so it's been really fun like just getting like the different angles from you and like seeing what stands out to you as a first-time watcher who watches media in a different way do I do than I do in terms of doing things differently I don't know if I would have done anything differently to be honest I think it's kind of fun I maybe would have found a comfier place for us to sit (laughs) it probably wouldn't have recorded the first episode inside my car because the audio is terrible maybe you also have watched Wendigo closer to when we recorded that episode because incoherent incoherent I don't know and not in the normal incoherent like I probably would have ranted less about the chemical compositions of silver and ghosts and you know but no I think for the most part like I've had a lot of fun I hope you've had a lot of fun yeah, you're it's been a ride. Stick, you're willing to stick around for season two, so you can't hate it that much. Yeah, I don't think I really have anything else to, to put in. I've had a really fun time. And it's also, I kind of spend a lot of like my time like online and stuff, like kind of in these bubbles and like absorbing all of this information just by myself. And so it's really fun to be able to like express it and be like, oh, so like, you know, I've really like immersed myself in this fandom since I was a teenager. And so like I have absorbed so much via osmosis, like, you know, and all these things that, like, over the last almost decade of my life, I've just kind of had stewing, you know, around and, like, all these different opinions that I've come across and these different headcanons and thoughts. And, you know, it's it's fun to be able to kind of bring them all together and discuss them in a new format rather than just, like, liking and reblogging posts on Tumblr, um, you know, or even, like, you know, contributing to fandom and, like, writing a fan fiction kind of way. Like, this, it's a new experience and it's been fun. And it's, like, you know, just something different. Spices up my week. One final question for you. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how scarily accurate have my predictions been? Obviously, you're not going to tell me which are, which are accurate and which are not. But I, ju- I just want to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, overall, how accurate have I been with my predictions? Like, 10 being, like, scarily accurate. Like, are you sure you like haven't actually on the head. watched yeah. this show before? And, like, 1 being, like... You're clearly not even consuming this media. (laughs) I would probably give you like maybe a six and a half to a seven. You've been pretty astute in some observations and other ones, other ones you've been like, you've kind of either missed it entirely or you're kind of on the right track, but you've missed some of the like, not, I shouldn't frame it that way because it's not that you've missed some of the finer details. It's like, you're making predictions that aren't incorrect, but you haven't got half of the clues yet. So you're kind of like making some assumptions or like, not even assumptions, but you're making guesses that aren't far off, but they're also still wrong. So you're kind of like, it's almost like you're throwing darts and you're not getting like the bullseye. But I'm but still at least hitting You're the getting like kind of like, you're within the, the board. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're hitting the wall next to yeah. it. Like. I mean, there have been a, a couple where, oh god, what was one of the episode predictions you had? Oh, with skin, and you're yeah. like, I think they're just gonna skin people alive. <laughs> like that was you hit the wall. <laughs> but some of the stuff, um, especially, I gosh, I, I won't elaborate. But you know, some of your predictions have been like at least accurate enough where I'm like, yeah, you're in the ballpark. 
either that or like you have been really quite close to what is reality and I obviously can't tell you but you know like I'm clearly at least watching the show and making some observations based on yeah. the show yeah like yeah and the other thing is if you were 100% right about everything in your predictions it would probably indicate that the show is not doing a very good job of putting like subtle details in but also, but it also, if you were getting everything completely wrong, it would show that the show's not doing very a very good job of putting those details in in like the opposite way. Yeah. So I feel like the fact that you are sort of heading in the right direction, but you still aren't sure on the finer points and details, is a good indication that like not only are you paying attention to it and not just like fucking around, but also that the show itself is laying an appropriate foundation for where it's headed, like. And you're right, in the Kripke era specifically, they really know where they're going to an extent. There are things that I will bring up in later seasons that were kind of curveballs that, like, from a writing, production, like, real-life point yeah. of view, really... The sort writer's of... strike introducing Castiel. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, that completely skewed the direction. And honestly, I would be interested to know where the fuck they thought they were going without, without that, that, because it seems like it was planned. planned. Yeah. So we'll get to that in later seasons, but... Um, for now, yeah, I think like you're definitely heading in the right direction with your thoughts. And that's why a lot of, especially in the finale and the episode prior to that, you were saying things and I was like, yeah, keep that in mind. Going into this next season, don't lose that train of thought because you're not correct. Like not entirely. But, but you're not wrong. You're definitely kind of, you're picking up on what they're putting down. So yeah, I'd give you like a six and a half to a seven, I think. Not like she's watched this show before, but also like... No. But also, like, it's also, like, some of it's osmosis because you haven't ignored everything I've ever told you about the show and also you've followed me on Tumblr forever, so you're going to absorb some stuff. But, yeah, I'd say you're pretty on track. How is it to hear me spit up decades-old theories as if they're brand new? Um, I kind of love it. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love it. It gives me an excuse to talk about it. Because, I mean, some some of my takes have to be, like, old. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but, like, that's kind of the point, like... It's the same media, so you're given the exact same, like... Be concerning if I was saying anything that was so wildly off-base that it was brand new. Well, sometimes you do say things, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I've never thought about it that way. And that is one of the things that I love about these kinds of discussions, because media like this, especially when it's, like, really rich and there's lots of layers and complexities, and there are so many interpretations, and none of them are really wrong. They're just different, and that's, like, another thing. Like, it's just art. Art is subjective, and everyone is going to perceive it in a different way. And that's kind of part of why I love it, you know, because I like hearing other people's thoughts and opinions. And that's why I know at the end of our episodes, we're like, oh, like, come interact with us on, like, Twitter and Tumblr. And, like, it sounds like, you know. We're just trying to, like, you know, market ourselves. Yeah, but but quite genuinely, like, I want to hear headcanons and I want to hear, like, thoughts and opinions. And later on in the season, I'll tell you about, like, fan fiction gaps, like, these are the blank spaces, like, they're the holes in the cheese, and I just, I really like delving into them and, like... And also regarding us hyping our social medias, like, for me, it's just the case, like, I've already established, I'm doing this podcast because I want friends. So, like, <laughs> if you want to come and be my friend on Twitter, like, do it. I, yeah. want, I want friends. Um, yeah, Like, being so... an adult is lonely. I don't like it. Yeah, and especially now that... I'll put it out there as well, especially now that the show has officially ended. And obviously we know that Jensen um, is producing the prequel, which is, I'm personally excited for it. I was a little hesitant at first, but seeing what he has said about it and what, um, you know, he 
retweeted a pretty interesting article about what fans are probably looking for and in it. the sort of people attached to it. The sort of people that he has indicated are maybe involved or who we know are involved is exciting. Um, also knowing how much he cares about the characters and... I know that I didn't personally like the fin- series finale. I also know that Jensen didn't like the series finale. So I'm interested to see where that's going to go. And I personally have high hopes. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, maybe I'm setting myself up for disappointment. But look, I can't help it. I'm excited. But I really think that, like you mentioned, this fandom is something so insane. And I've never seen in any other media like not even like Harry Potter, which is such a like huge worldwide global cultural phenomenon. I this feel kind like of the intensity. Harry Potter fandom is big, but it's not as insane. Yeah, and I just I feel like it's such a unique group of people, and I would really hate to see it disintegrate. So it's so nice to be able to meet people, and even if it is like you know, I love meeting people, and they're like, oh my god, like this is my headcanon about whatever character from Supernatural and then like you get to talking and you're like oh have you seen this show or have you read this book or have you you know what are your interests outside because nine times out of ten is probably something that I will also love you know I mean we all know about Super Hulok like the people who liked Harry <gasps> Potter oh no the people who liked Harry Potter and Supernatural also probably liked BBC Sherlock and also probably liked Doctor Who and also- I've now officially seen all three medias of Super Hulok <laughs> And also probably like like Merlin and, you know, all of these things. And so it's nice to meet people who can maybe put me onto different interests and different medias and, you know, and just getting to engage with all these different thoughts about this same show. I don't know. It's a nice way to, for people to come together. And I think it's fair to say the Supernatural fandom is insane and we can have some pretty toxic and, like, relatively unfavourable portions. But... Overall, like, my personal experience with fandom has been, like, overwhelmingly positive. And honestly, like, if I've ever come across a blog or whatever that I felt was, like, starting shit or was negative or I didn't want to be a part of it, like, it's so easy to... Well, for me, anyway, I find it easy to just unfollow or block or whatever it is that I need to do, block a tag, if I don't want to see it, and then I don't see it. And then it's, like, a happy little fandom bubble. Thank you so much for listening. As we said in the finale episode for season one, next week we will be back with our regularly scheduled programming. So we will have the first episode of season two um, out on Thursday. Uh, So hopefully you join us back for that and we will see you then. See you next week. Bye. Bye.